was told in advance that this was going to be fun with you guys. I was told you guys are a hoot or something along those lines. So because we're live and I'm sitting in a hangar at Textron Aviation, I can just wing it. Oh, pun intended. Anyhow, welcome to All Things Aviation and Aerospace. My name is Vince Mickens, and I am live at Textron Aviation's hangar uh, with a very beautiful aircraft. Ah, let's just cancel right now and go fly. Uh, a very beautiful aircraft behind me. Um, and we're running a few minutes late because was on a tour with your president, Ron Draper, uh, who was personally giving a tour to a Tuskegee Airman that everybody kind of knows, Brigadier General Charles E. McGee, who is 101 and a half, as he likes to add in there, old. He's going to be 102 December 7th. Uh, and, and he took a tour of the Textron facilities today. He and I and his daughter, Yvonne McGee, and uh, a few other folks. And we had a good time. We, we, we got stopped every so often because somebody wanted to take a selfie with the general. Nobody wanted to take one with me, but they wanted to take one with the general and uh, or, or just shake his hand and, and things like that. So it was kind of cool. Uh, amazing place. Uh, I've, I've taken a tour here before, but not quite as extensive and definitely not with the president. So uh, it was really, uh, really great. Ron was great um, and very accommodating, as has everybody been here at Textron Aviation. And I am really happy to be able to do what's going to be kind of a, a unique show today, because the first thing you think about was Cessna, which I learned to fly in 100 years ago. Well, not quite, but anyhow, a long time ago in high school in the Cessna 150. Uh, and and so you, you look at a, a company like this and you automatically think about the aircraft that we all know, those who fly, they know the high, some that don't fly, you can call it the high wing, but the, the Skyhawk and, you know, uh, the, um, I've got lots of wind blowing around here. The, um, all of the different aircraft, the jets, and now with having Beechcraft for a number of years, the turboprops, and of course this beauty behind me. Uh, the T6 uh, Texan. So um, that's the reputation primarily that that uh, Textron Aviation has. But what we're going to talk about today is special missions and about more about the defense uh, aspect of, of things. And I have some people here. They're going to tell me some really great things that all have a great deal of experience uh, and and some global experience at that. So I was looking at you guys' backgrounds and everything. So. I'd like to welcome each one of you to the show. I'll first start out by introducing Max Ruth. Max is a, what you call a value stream manager, and you're going to explain that, Max, what exactly that means and what you do uh, with Textron Aviation. And then we have Polina Ball, and Polina is a special missions program manager, um, also with Textron. And then we have Chip Shellhorn, a fellow naval guy. He's a naval aviator. I'm a wannabe naval aviator. Um, uh, sales director, Beechcraft T6 Texan 2, and he's an instructor pilot, which means he can take me up in that and we can go flying and we can do the rest of the show later, as I said. So anyhow, guys, welcome to All Things Aviation and Aerospace. Thank really you. great to have you guys here. Oh, yeah. oh, now, so we were having all kinds of conversation and now you guys are going to, I, no, <laughs> not going to let you get away with that. Uh, actually, we were just kind of talking about who flies and and what you guys fly and and chip you mentioned that uh we chip what is that aircraft behind you so uh i'm sitting in my office where i have a good photo of uh, our scorpion jet 
Uh, it's a fantastic airplane that has a number of capabilities. And Vince, if you stick around for a few extra days, we'll, we'll send you over and let you go take a look at that one as well. You know, I would love to do that. Uh, I you have no idea. But tomorrow we're going to Kansas City, Missouri, because they're dedicating the General Aviation Terminal. Uh, they're renaming it the Brigadier General Charles McGee um, General Aviation Terminal there. So got a big thing going on there. Otherwise, <laughs> you got a deal. I'll be back. Um, Sounds good. So you're Navy. Uh, you were Navy. Um, what did you fly in the Navy? And tell us a little bit about your background and how that transitioned to Textron. Yeah, you bet. I'm a recovering naval aviator. I spent uh, 11 years wearing that uniform. Uh, luckily, I got to fly a number of Textron Aviation products during my training. So I flew the uh, the, the 172, just like you did, Vince, uh, as the very first airplane I flew. Got about uh, 40 hours in that airplane before they sent me over to a turboprop that was made by Beechcraft. It was the T-34C Turbo Mentor. And then in the Navy, you get uh, segued off into the various communities. And from there, I went into the jet community and started flying some carrier assets like the T-45 and, and ultimately the F-18 Super Hornet. Oh, wow. Uh, Super great experience. Hornet. Yeah. Uh, flying, flying pointy nose, fast airplanes was certainly uh, an awesome opportunity. And one thing I love about the T-6 is it has those same characteristics in a turboprop airplane. Uh, it's a fun airplane to fly and even more fun than the F-18. Nice. Well, that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and then, Max, you also are a private pilot like myself, and you were saying how, how you got involved in flying. How did that start for you? Yeah, absolutely, Vince. No, uh, I grew up around aviation. My grandfather uh, actually owned a Beechcar product, owned an old detailed Panza, which is what I got my first crack of flying I was, so I was your young. first plane you flew in was a VTEL? It was, and I survived. Survived to tell the story, and uh, I had a lot of good experiences in that area. And, uh, and so early on, you know, aviation was something that I was really, really kind of uh, immersed in, and something that I became passionate about at a young age. And so, you know, as I as I got older, I really wanted to uh, learn to fly. Started uh, taking flight lessons as soon as I could reach the rudder pedals and see over the dashboard of a 172, which is when I was about 15, and. Uh, soloed on my 16th birthday and got my life, my pilot's license on my 17th. So I'm flying for as long as the FAA has legally allowed me to. And it's been a, it's been a great thing for me. So obviously I've been very fortunate uh, after graduating college to, to build a, a career here at Textron and in the uh, in the industry I'm so passionate about here in Wichita, which is the air capital. So did you come here uh, straight, come to Textron straight from school? I did. Yeah, I, I graduated from Miami University in Ohio. I was a supply chain management and operations management degree and had an opportunity to move to Wichita and, and joined uh, at the time with Cessna and uh, was here through the through Beechcraft and have had opportunities to uh, work in different organizations, manufacturing and uh, aftermarket organizations as I've progressed in my career here at Textron. So is that what you came and started doing? You started in aftermarket? Uh, I actually started in manufacturing. I worked in a number of our different plants. Uh, uh, as as a frontline leader and and has been up into the ranks of management. Um, I worked over on our commercial jet side for a while. I was also on the Scorpion program. It's that aircraft sitting behind ship and was over some of our experimental operations and manufacturing during that program. Um, and then I had an opportunity to join our customer service and aftermarket organization uh, where I was uh, based out of Singapore and ran our uh, APAC business operations to uh, take care of our customers and their products. 
So what is a value stream manager? What does that mean? The value stream manager, Vince, is a very fancy way to say I build airplanes for a living. And I get to work with a lot of great people who build airplanes. So um, I'm responsible for our defense assembly operations. So I oversee our great teams of folks who build uh, the T6 and A26 aircraft like the one behind you. Yeah. You, you guys, the the... <laughs> Your manufacturing operations here are pretty impressive, and I'm not just saying it because I'm here. I, 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 you know, took a couple of almost three hours of, of uh, touring the facilities, and all of your your operations are just, you know, I, I see why you build the aircraft you do, and why why we all want to fly them. So uh, that's that's really great, uh, Chip. I'm gonna go back to you real quick. How about you? How how did you um, progress and, and get into Textron and start, you know? and get to where you are, I should say. Yeah, great question. I'm originally from Kansas City, and once I left the Navy and, and went back and got a graduate degree, I knew that moving back to the Midwest was something my wife and I really wanted to do. Uh, obviously, staying involved in aviation, specifically general aviation, was something that inspired me. And so uh, Wichita was just a great fit. Textron Aviation Defense, specifically based on my background, was interested in me having in, in me joining their team. And because it allowed me to stay involved in aviation every once in a while, go flying, I was equally interested in joining there. So I joined the company back in uh, 2019 and been with the company for uh, just about two years right now. I haven't, for, I, I was getting ready to say for Paulina, I haven't forgotten about you, Paulina. <laughs> I just, you know, no, actually I was biased because I went to the two pilots first, but your husband's a pilot, so that's cool. <laughs> Polina, tell us a little bit about you and, and how you um, your influence from your husband being a pilot and you now working at Textron and what you do with special missions, which is really kind of neat. I, I learned I've learned a lot about it in terms of looking at it. Well, I, I feel like I don't really fit in in this company. You know, I come completely. Oh, come completely. on, you're you're okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, completely not aviation background. Actually, I. Um, grew up in Crimea, Ukraine, which is actually, that piece is considered a disputed territory. It was um, taken over by Russia back in 2014, but I grew up, it was, in, it was Ukraine. And I think the first time I actually flew on a big airplane when I was 15 years old, and that's when I was came here to the United States to, uh, to, to be an exchange student. Um, my, my, my parents were teachers, and my, my dad, since I probably was five or six years old, he's uh, he was teaching me English um, to to kind of get me more opportunities to have a, that second language to rely on. So, I, as I said, I, as a 15 year old, I won the um, the Department of State scholarship to come here as an exchange student, and that was a completely groundbreaking, huge thing for me. Uh, it was completely sponsored by US as well, so I had no expenses. Uh, they flew me here. They actually provided a stipend. Uh, put me in the American family, American high school. So that was the greatest thing ever. Um, while I was what were here, you studying? I to, what did you uh, study? Well, I, was a, I was a high schooler at, at the time. Okay. Um, but then I came back as a college student two years later, and I uh, ended up in a tiny little Kansas town in Winfield, Kansas. And I actually studied psychology, which is, again, completely non-aviation. Uh, I was always interested. That's okay. You know that, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to know how, how this works. Um, and uh, But I quickly realized as a psychology major that if you want to be a psychologist, you have to spend probably, what, five, six extra years of schooling after that. 
And that's that's something I really wanted to do. So I got a business minor and then I followed up with the MBA to kind of put myself in the business world. Um, and as I mentioned, my husband was was the one who um, grew up in aviation. He, I mean, he spent his childhood building airplanes. He flew when he was 16. So uh, just just like you, oh, Matt. So he's a and, real um, aviator. Gotcha. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I caught that aviation bug from him. Uh, he kept dragging me to Oshkosh air shows. And, you know, I kept you hearing how you? great you it is. taking you, right? <laughs> well, at the time it was dragging. Okay. <laughs> the first couple shows. And then it was uh, actually taken. And I, I don't think we missed a single air show since 2010, 2011, well, except last year. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how. And I kept hearing he also used to work at Cessna. Uh, he got hired in as an engineer as his first post-college job. And he's been um, uh, telling me how great it is to work at this company, how many opportunities they have. It has, and uh, and I kept applying as as long as I remember, even while still in college, trying to get myself somewhere in the door. And being an international student and not having that correct paperwork that Textron prefers, the you know I I did never really got any internships or anything. But as soon as I got married and as soon as I became a permanent resident, that's when again I kept applying job after job. I got an interview as a um, as a as a contract coordinator on the commercial side, and I think I got hired in. You kept applying over and over with Textron. Correct. Yes. Okay. So you Trying applied multiple times before the greatest... you before you finally got yes. the job. Got a job. Yep. Yep. And I got a hired in as a contract coordinator within <laughs> within a month or so, and uh, that's that's the rest is history. I worked in commercial contracts for about a year and a half. I quickly out it wasn't really my thing i wanted i wanted that customer contact and um so I, I kept trying to be on more on the customer side and special missions was very much not known thing for me nobody i didn't really know what they do i actually thought we we produce and sell t6s um that's that's how unknown it was this whole world and um, my, my former boss called me up and said hey you want to be a proposal manager special missions which i was like well heck yes i do whatever that is and um, you're like sure uh what is that exactly <laughs> yeah, pretty much yes uh, that's pretty moved good to special missions what five years ago and uh been fell in love with it and been special missions since and so i have uh, the operative question for you what is special right. missions well great question <laughs> well we take the we take the airplanes the the platforms the Cessna and Beechcraft builds, actually all the platforms from the small 172s to our newest longitude jets, and we modify it to fit the customer's needs. Um, customers come, the different, our aspect of customers that come to us um, with a specific need or mission, that's what we call it, special missions, um, that we try to fit the platforms to, to fit their needs. Uh, again, from its various platforms, we modified yeah. with our different, different modifiers. Yeah, I was just going to say, can and, you give us uh, examples of the missions? Uh, our missions vary from air ambulance to we put um, we convert airplanes into like flying air ambulance that support carrying even most critical of patients to surveillance airplanes. We um, we build structures on airplanes or even drill holes to accommodate the cameras. Um, 
So, so any mission, any need that you can think of, really, we can probably figure something out and um, modify the airplane that it fits exactly what uh, what you're looking for. Yeah, you know, it really speaks highly of of all of you guys and and of a lot of people here. I've just been here since this morning, and I've met several employees here, um, members of the staff, who started in with one intent and ended up doing something else. I think that speaks highly of Textron Aviation because it means that they're looking for your strength and how to uh, apply that to what they need as a company. And, and uh, you know, there's nothing better, I'm sure all of you would agree, than finding your niche and then just being able to expand on that and grow in that and, and all those kind of things. Would you guys all agree with me on that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. Max, I was going to ask you about uh, the manufacturing side, since that's something you, you overlook. In terms of manufacturing aircraft for defense, uh, tell us a little bit about what that entails. How big is that operation here? And and uh, just give us a better sense of it. Yeah, absolutely, Vince. So um, on the defense side, we have a standalone manufacturing facility, which, which you're in right now. You're in our flight hangar. So um, the building itself is a little over 200,000 square feet and um, was originally built in the, in the late 1990s to specifically build the T-6 aircraft uh, to fulfill the JPATS contract for the United States government for their primary trainer, of which they took delivery of hundreds of those airplanes. And so the, the, the whole building and, and all of our team are really um, specifically trained to build this aircraft. The tooling is very specific and it's meant Traditionally, it's building very high rate, low mix, which means we're really good at building a lot of the same airplanes very quickly. And, and at its peak, uh, that building, uh, when we were delivering aircraft to the government, was was producing in excess of three airplanes a week. Uh, we were leaving the factory, and we had oh, well over 400 people, 400 employees working on those 24 hours a day. So, wow. so since moving away from delivering that contract to the U.S. government, uh, you know. Right now, we've, we've transitioned into more of a uh, higher mix production line where we are delivering aircraft, T-6 aircraft to foreign governments um, all over the world and, and, and all in their own configuration. So we're not moving as fast, fast as we previously were, but we're, we're seeing more uh, change and a more dynamic uh, you know, manufacturing space as we're fulfilling uh, aircraft to different foreign nations in very specific configurations. And so what most if, recently... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No. No, I have to say most, most recently, we're really focusing now on ramping up our AT-6 product, which is our attack and weaponized version of the T-6. They're very similar airplanes, but the AT-6 is a very unique and specifically engineered aircraft for its mission, which is uh, light attack, close air support, reconnaissance mostly. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what I was going to just say to all of you is one of the things that I think is is uh, – a thing, a point that we try to make with our viewers, particularly the younger ones that are either currently in school or maybe recently graduated, is that there are a lot of opportunities that you may not think are there. And 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 for example, in manufacturing, you know, there you I I saw that you guys have robotics now as part of your manufacturing process, et cetera. And and so there's just a lot of different areas of expertise that a person can have. Uh, and, and work at a place like Textron Aviation and not even realize that, you know, because they, they think, oh, well, I, I have to either be, you know, this or I have to be that uh, uh, in order for me, this or that, meaning 
uh, a, um, you know, a mechanic or things like that. And then, and it's just, it's amazing that the, the different things, and then you guys are always doing uh, research and development for improving like the, the strength of your wings for your aircraft and, and how you make those and things like that. Uh, and are you involved in that process, Max? In, in the strength testing process? Well, no, in, in any of, in, in, in the development portion of it, or do you, or is it mainly just overseeing or being involved with the manufacturing itself? Hello? Wow. Uh, you broke up there for a second, Vince. But oh, that's okay. It's, it's live um, streaming, and I lost the whole of you for a second. I'm going to blame yeah. it on your Wi-Fi. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was just saying, I was asking if you were involved in the research and development part of it, just more the operations and the, yeah. the manufacturing portion. Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, our, our company and really uh, one of Textron Aviation's calling cards and, and really as an OEM where we stand out in our industry is that we, we bring aircraft to market uh, faster than arguably anybody, both in our commercial and our special mission side. So um, I have been in, in multiple roles where I've been involved with that new product development. And we have a very large, very capable experimental engineering and manufacturing division of our company where we're going to build all of those prototypes and then test fly them and then go through certification efforts uh, with the FAA in the case of the commercial side. Now, uh, after we design and build those prototype airplanes is when we're going to focus on then transitioning them into production, which is when we're going to have our first production aircraft for those roll down the line, then eventually deliver to the customer. So in the defense side, that's where I really come in is, you know, the AT-6 is our new product on this side of the house. And the AT-6 is an incredible aircraft, which is about 85% commonality in its airframe to a T-6, but has a lot of very unique uh, differences and upgrades to make it a, a war fighting platform. So, you know, we've gone through that engineering effort and we're now integrating that into our production line. So we're the first few AT-6s are, are, are flowing down our production line right now. And that's, so for, for me in my role, my job is to kind of take, you know, work with our engineering groups, our program groups, and all of our, our key functional uh, support groups to bring that aircraft into production and make that a reality. Yeah, this may go to both you and to Chip. Uh, so I always think of the T-6 as a training aircraft, but it sounds like to me that this new version that you have is actually designed for combat. Am I understanding that correctly? Chip, you want to expand on that a bit? Yeah, absolutely, Vince. You're exactly right. The T-6, the first variant of the uh, airplane, was certainly designed with that in mind uh, as a joint program with the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Air Force. Uh, but one of our first customers uh, actually took that airplane and started to look at other ways that they could use it for operations. And the airplane that Max was referring to, which is our light attack variant, the AT-6, has a ton of parts in common. It's about 85% parts in common but it was uniquely designed, uniquely built, and uniquely developed uh, for those missions that he mentioned, armed overwatch, close air support, uh, armed reconnaissance. And that airplane would bring um, any customer a huge asset to a fight. Uh, I can speak firsthand to, to what I would have preferred to have in Afghanistan, and that airplane would have been a super capable platform. Yeah, so is that the one you said that you've got about 50 hours in? Nope. In fact, most of my flight time is in the airplane that's directly behind you. I've also uh, I've gotten to ferry some airplanes to some new customers. Okay. Uh, flying the T six over the North Atlantic is uh, is an experience that that I will never forget. Um, 
but no, most of my flight time is in the T6 and I've been able to fly the AT6 just a handful of times. Got Okay. And that's the different distinction right there. The T6 versus the AT6. Yeah, exactly. Imagine, uh, and I'm thinking A, A stands for attack, right? Mm-hmm. Would I be exactly. right? <laughs> okay. Yep, you got <laughs> I, it. I was kind of guessing there. <laughs> I need you guys to help me out. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Chip, on the on the defense side of things, can you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of uh, how how that works with what you do and and you know what what exciting is going on right now with defense? And you guys, yeah, arena? you bet. So uh, Textron Aviation Defense has three different airplanes in its portfolio: the T six that we've talked about the AT-6, the weaponized light attack variant, and then the Scorpion, which is the airplane behind me that Max was an integral member of uh, back in the day. So we basically sell, market, and uh, support uh, customers who are flying one of those three platforms. Uh, my job is the uh, on the aftermarket sales team is to support them with, with anything they need from capability improvements to you know spares and repairs. Those are all things that we really take pride in and, and one of the ways that we can support our customers. Yeah, who you uh, right going? now there is, uh, yeah, there are about 13 customers, 13 different militaries that are flying the T6 in okay. uh, a variety of configurations. And we just delivered our first uh, airplane to the U.S. Air Force in the AT6 configuration. So we're really excited about that AT6 Wolverine and the future that it has, not only for the U.S., but some of our international allies. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, uh, in terms of the, um, and I just lost my train of thought because I was paying close attention to what you said. Uh, I was going to actually ask you about the aircraft in terms of um, their missions. And I, I, I totally lost my train of thought. I'll come back to that. I have another train of thought. I'm well, yeah, go, I mean, ahead. The, go ahead. I'll, I'll just kind of give you the quick, the quick uh, background of the out, T6. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, this may jog a, a memory for you. So there are a number of customers that use the T6, obviously for its training capabilities, but also some countries that use it for other operations. The, the Royal New Zealand Air Force has the Black Falcons demonstration team, which uses that That's airplane what, to really show mind. Gotcha. Go ahead. Yeah, uses the airplane to showcase not only the flight characteristics of the airplane, but the precision with which it can be flown. And uh, if you Google some of those photos, there are some incredible photos uh, from the Black Falcons, various uh, aerial demonstrations. Uh, and then the AT-6 obviously brings a number of new capabilities uh, from precision guided weapons to uh, to really high capability, high powered uh, cameras and reconnaissance equipment. And so there's it's a really nice transition for a country to fly the T6 for training and then bridge pilots straight into the AT6 uh, because of its similarities in, in flight characteristics and, and operating systems. Uh, it's a really easy transition. Sure. Paulina, what, what's one of the most interesting things you've done uh, on the special mission side of things in terms of projects? Yeah, it's it's hard to choose. I mean, all of the projects are so they're all good, so different. They're they're they are. I mean, it's 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 hard. I mean, but they are. I've I've dealt with so many interesting customers, and um, our customer base of special missions is a little different um, from commercial. Um, on the commercial side, we uh, people buy airplanes usually to 
transport their families or their business uh, partners, uh, basically exactly. use for transport. Our customer needs vary from, as I mentioned, uh, medevac needs to surveillance needs to, so we deal from uh, commercial customers, the regular, you know, U.S. commercial to foreign commercials to U.S. government, uh, foreign government, and that's actually the, the regulations and the rules that we have to deal with kind of lines up a little closer with defense. Um, but I, I mean, we, um, we are always at any given moment, we have five, six different programs going on with a completely different customer base and different missions. And you get to go and uh, network with, meet uh, foreign customers, uh, modifiers. It's a very fast paced, very, um, very interesting and lots of learning job. Um, and also, I mean, so I'm sometimes in awe of uh, how these airplanes that we sell to uh, our customers, how they impact the world among us. And I, for example, uh, we recently delivered an airplane with a meta, highly medevac capabilities. And that changed the way the customer, that, that customer actually operates uh, in their day-to-day -day life. And um, it, it makes me feel a little bit uh, that I'm part of their story, that I'm helping create that story and um, maybe a little bit change the world. I know it sounds a bit, a bit cliche, but uh, it's, it's, I always enjoy seeing uh, customers' face light up when they um, come and pick up this uh, fully modified airplane that's fully customizable towards exactly what they were looking for. And uh, some of their customers, I mean, it's, it's, they've been waiting for this airplane for what, five, six years. Uh, especially on the foreign government, on U.S. government, the, the sale takes a long time. I mean, you have to, uh, you know, the RFP stage, the, the, the proposal stage, then the cost, the contractual stage. And then finally, when we, uh, three years later, deliver that airplane, it's, um, it's, it's definitely very, um, it's impacted me a lot, uh, the way I see things. That, that's interesting. That's great. something that you're pointing out that I think, um, for people that don't know that much about what we're talking about, that it's such a uh, involved process. It's not just—it's not like you put something together and talk to some people and bam, it's there. Uh, you know, you're talking years of going through these various steps uh, to get Correct. there. Yes. And and, and that that yeah. also applies on yeah. the manufacturing side, I would, I would say, imagine, Max. I see you shaking your head. Yes. Absolutely. No, you know, you know, in our manufacturing business, building uh, aircraft as as complex and as customizable uh, to Paulina's point as we do, there's a lot of lead time involved in that. And, you know, throughout our business and all of our production lines, you know, we run our lines at different rates. So we build a different amount of airplanes per year, depending on market demand for those airplanes. But then when you get into our special missions and defense uh, products, you see additional complexity in those and configuration changes in those, which really, adds sometimes the manufacturing times or modification times mm -hmm. to get these aircraft to the very special and specific uh, configurations of the customers. And that's something that we'll generally do um, in our modification center here on here at the, at the East Campus of Texas Aviation in Wichita. So um, in the case of a lot of commercial special missions platforms, for instance, the V-Traffic King Air, which is one of our most dependable and best-selling aircraft uh, from a social missions perspective as well, has a lot of applications on austere runways and for medevacs and, and, and other, other uh, applications. We'll see that modification work 
uh, after the production line. So we're going to build the airplanes on the production line um, to a, a general, generally standard configuration. And if it's a special missions airplane, it's going to leave there. And instead of going and getting paint in the fancy corporate interior like a lot of them would, it's going to go to a modification center where we'll do just about anything that, that the customer asks and engineering design for, whether that's a medevac with trenches on the inside or ISR surveillance um, or, or any number of things. And, and, and we see a, a huge segment of that business, but um, the, the lead times to, to get through the contractual phases like I talked about, and then actually get that into a manufacturing space can, can take months and sometimes years to, to build those highly customized airplanes. Yeah. Chip, can you add to that in terms of your side of it with customer experience with uh, the customers you interact with? Yeah, I mean, we have we have the benefit of, of working with customers who are wearing uniforms. And while that does mean that sometimes the the procurement and the, the development may take a little bit longer, it really means that what we do is is something that you can see the tangible benefits of. So here in Wichita, we see uh, Air Force T-6s flying all the time from some of the other training bases. And it's from my perspective, it really does make the job a lot more satisfying, not only to see those airplanes out flying, but seeing the men and women who are using those platforms to go on and train the next generation of, uh, of flight instructors and combat pilots. I, I love working with folks uh, who have a similar background to the one that I, I came from. So I love going down to the various Air Force and Navy bases and, and seeing how they're continuing to develop new tactics, new techniques with that airplane. It's really fun. So one of the things I like our viewers to to hear more about, and I'm going to put this out to all three of you, is about company culture. You know, we read things in in uh, magazines and hear it on the news, and we hear about some companies having you know a great company culture and that type of thing. I have to say, with my uh, experiences over the years, not just today, but over the years with Textron Aviation and prior to that Cessna, that there is a great company culture here. Uh, in terms of how, uh, you know, just, uh, and you can just, you can feel it, you can tell, you know, we were cruising around on the golf cart going through all of the different manufacturing facilities and all the different parts of the campus and everything. And it, it's the same. Everybody it seems, you know, happy. And I know the world isn't perfect, but people seem to be enjoying what they're doing and they seem to be enjoying working at Textron. For our viewers' sake, can you guys expand on that a little bit about what that means to you, especially since uh, several of you have been with Textron Aviation for a number of years? Yeah, absolutely. I can start with that. So I, I do think, you know, Textron Aviation has a very unique culture. Um, and I'd say one of the big things, it's really based in, in pride and pride in our products and pride in building, building really uh, world-class aircraft in Wichita, which is you know, the aviation capital of the world. And when you talk to our folks, whether they're in, you know, management or an engineer, or they're one of our great employees on the shop floor who are building these airplanes, a lot of them have had a lifelong passion for aviation, kind of like what we've been talking on, on here today, Vince. And especially here in Wichita, is a relatively small town. A lot of it is a family affair. You'll talk to a lot of folks who work here, who's worked here, or whose grandparents worked here. And, you know, Beechcraft and, and Cessna both had have very uh, storied legacies and are big names in the aviation industry and general aviation industry and in the defense industry. And so coming together um, into aviation together, it really merged two very significant brand names and, and household names in aviation, so to speak, into one. And folks are proud of that. They're proud of where we came from and they're, they're extremely proud of the 
airplanes we build here in Winston. Yeah. Polina or Chip? Yeah, the only thing I would add to what Max just said is that I'd build on the fact that Wichita is a community of general aviation enthusiasts and general aviation professionals. And so while, you know, Cessna and Beechcraft were two of the fiercest competitors in that in that market until 2014, we've we've been able to to bring those two companies together and continue the legacies that both aircraft companies brought individually of making really top-notch airplanes and uh, bringing our customers uh, with that uh, incredible ability to go go out and fly. So um, I love being a part of the, the aviation community here in Wichita, and, and you see it everywhere you go. And Paulina? Yes, completely agree with both Max and Chip. And I mean, working at Textron has been um, completely life-changing, and I have, I mean, I fell in love with aviation, and I do want to become a pilot. It's just, it's a, <laughs> uh, it's a commitment. Time oh, you commitment. do? Oh. Can one of you guys write that down, please? <laughs> so I actually, I went through ground school uh, a while oh, back. Cool. And, uh, then uh, I, I had a baby and I got distracted. So that that, that happened. Uh, but it it's, does. This this company, I mean, is a top-notch airplane, high quality. Everybody has the same goal is to make customers happy. I mean, with the final product, with delivery, so the, the customer service, we and we go beyond just regular customer service. We we try to um, and make sure they're completely satisfied with. And again, uh, like you said, it's not a perfect world. So things happen and problems arise. But it's always uh, we always as a company get together and we figure it out how to how to persevere, how to go through, and how to accomplish uh, what we need to accomplish. And uh, in, in special missions, it's a it's a much smaller, I guess, a part of the company and. Uh, still, um, but a very known. important part. V very, I, I completely agree. Yes, um, with being only about what eighty employees, we um, we are a highly revenued company. I mean, revenue part of the company, and we uh, our business is growing. Even and it, it makes me very proud to be part of that. Even um, pandemic, the, you know, the whole last year when you know everybody stopped flying, uh, we we managed to continue build deliver air, airplanes for customers. Uh, we had to change our ways, how we do things. I mean, we, we invented a remote uh, delivery, uh, which is a delivery via uh, video and photos. You had to, you had to definitely um, think outside the box, but uh, this is what is, what's great about, you know, Textron, Textron Aviation is that we, um, we, we get together and we figure it out and we, provide the high quality products to our customers. Yes. Yeah, Max, I had a chance to talk with Ron Draper about uh, your challenges last year with the pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, how, how, how did you guys, uh, you know, work through that? Yeah, uh, obviously it was a very challenging last year and a half for everybody with the pandemic and something honestly like many companies that we didn't really have a playbook for that. This was all unprecedented and uncharted territory for us. And, you know, for us, it posed a significant amount of unique challenges because unlike some, some employers or even just some parts of our own company, uh, you can't build an airplane from your home office. So, which means that folks had to be coming to work to build these airplanes and they had to be out on the shop floor and, and really building these aircraft while we do use a lot of advanced manufacturing techniques, a lot of robotics, it's still largely built. These are built by hand. These are, you know, built with a lot of craftsmanship. So we really relied on our on our 
our whole organ manufacturing organization to keep coming to work. And so through that, we implemented a lot of, of COVID protocols and promoted social distancing. We fundamentally changed the way we build these aircraft and whatever we could so that we can, sorry, hold on one second, so that we could, uh, we could really keep people safe and keep people coming to work. We, we wore masks at, at work for over a year and, and wherever we could, we were, we were rearranging our factories so people could maintain social distancing. And then, you know, as the vaccine started rolling out, Textron Aviation was was uh, in one of the first few phases of essential businesses and was very um, proactive about about uh, providing vaccines to all employees who would like who wanted to get one at no charge to them. So it, it was a very tough year. Our company did a great job being very flexible in a very dynamic and challenging environment. We came out of the other side uh, really in great shape and really poised to to build aircraft and and respond to our customers in a market that now is really accelerating and growing quickly. Yeah, while we have some time left, I wanted to talk with you guys about inspiring the next generation. We have um, kids in middle school and high school and, and even in college that are trying to figure out, you know, what what their next step is going to be, what their path is going to be. And we all know we're already sold on aviation and know that there are tons of opportunities, which we try to convince others of on a regular basis. And including Paulina, who's now going to start flying soon after, as, as, she, as, as her, her young one grows up a little bit and she has the time to do that. No, I'm giving you a hard time, Paulina. But seriously, um, we, I'd just like to hear what kind of advice or if you were talking to these kids in middle school and high school and, and, and again, even in college or even just out of college, uh, what, what kind of things would you say to them based on the experiences that you guys have had? I'll pass that out to any of you. Vince, I'll go ahead and take the, the first hack at that. The, from my perspective, what we do here in Wichita and at Textron Aviation is some of the most interesting and some of the most uh, rigorous work that I've ever been a part of. So whether you're on the shop floor using some of those advanced manufacturing processes that Max was discussing, or whether you're an engineer looking at how we can design aircraft that are more uh, more affordable or in some cases more uh, more environmentally friendly, uh, there's just really interesting things that are going on at every different group here at the company. And being a part of something like that, to me, has been really self, self-satisfying. The other thing is it's a great career, whether, you're, whether we're talking about um, some of the folks who are down there actually on making the airplanes or, or some of the professional folks that are here in the office with me. Again, I think that it's a, a great career path, not only for uh, just regardless of, of what stage in life you're, you're coming to join the company or joining the industry. So uh, from my perspective, it's a great it's a great industry to pursue and one that I've really enjoyed. Sure. Polina, you yeah. came here. As a, oh, go ahead, Max. Oh, sorry. Uh, just really quick to follow on. And I couldn't agree more. There's so many great opportunities for young folks in this industry and, and really specifically at Textron and here in Wichita, Textron Aviation. You know, this company um, really focuses a lot on development of the next generation of professionals who are going to be in this, uh, you know, in this industry and the leader, future leaders of our company. But, but even past, you know, the leaders and the engineers and all the folks who come here really educated and with great, you know, experiences out of college, um, into our internship and leadership development programs or new hires, you know, Textron Aviation and, te and the Textron in general have a tremendous amount of opportunities for young people 
who are looking to take on and start careers in vocational jobs. And, and very few places more than here in Wichita where we need folks to build, build our airplanes and, and to whether that's assembling them on the production lines or in some of our factories that build airplane parts and pieces. We have a huge skilled workforce here. And a lot of them are, are have been working at it for a while and are getting a little bit older in their career. And so the, there's a big, I think, cultural shift going on in our nation that has more emphasis than ever on going to college and getting a four-year degree and being an engineer or a management or maybe a lawyer or a doctor. But there are many great career opportunities out there for young folks in vocational and trade, different trades, including in aerospace and at our company that are that are very stable jobs that have a lot of career advanced opportunities and pay really well. So getting folks to understand there's more out there than just getting a four-year degree I think is an important thing. Yeah, you just touched a nerve because I, I think that's something that uh, is often kids are by the counselors at their schools, et cetera. They're always they're, they're pushed into just a small, narrow category of things. And and as you just said, not everybody's cut out for college, um, but people all have a skill set one way or another, whether it's a technical or a mechanical or, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they everybody has a talent. So it's a matter of figuring out what that what that is and then applying that talent accordingly uh and the great thing about our industry both aviation and aerospace is there's a ton of different places to do that um when you just spoke of that i was i was getting ready to, to ask polina polina you you came as a foreign student and you've been through it that's a simple way to put it you have been through it so from your perspective you know what's a a, a learning point from you that you would pass on to others uh, with, with, with what you've done? I would say don't be scared to take unknown things. Uh, you don't have to know how to fly or be an engineer to enjoy and love aviation. Honestly, at least the biggest misconception for me uh, is when you think of planes, you think of flying, right? Or you think of building planes. And I am, uh, at least I was, I am, I'm neither of those things. I'm not super technical and I, I will already pointed out that I'm not flying not yet at least so there's if you're good with people if you're good with marketing if you're good uh, in selling things there, there's a spot for you a section on aviation or even aviation business in general so that's um, the lesson I learned that you, you can you can succeed uh, in if, if you try in, in whatever the aspect of the business um, also uh, I regret that I wasn't able to participate in this being a foreign student um, and I didn't have a work authorization to, to be an intern or to uh, pursue any kind of high school internships, college internships, because textual aviation offers so many things for young people. So they can come in and explore uh, something they're good at or discover things they're good at. Um, so I highly encourage somebody, the young people to uh, go in and apply and come as an intern. So we love having you. We love showing you guys around. We, um, it's, a, um, it's a very uh, interesting, very high paced, very uh, aviation world that um, anyone can really find a spot in if, if they try. And, and going to Oshkosh can even be fun. Absolutely, yes. It took, it took, me, it took me a little while to You know I wasn't yes, going to let you get away with that, right? <laughs> I, I, I definitely You probably now look forward to going to Oshkosh, maybe. Absolutely, yes. yes. There you go. Uh, less, less than a month left. Mission accomplished. Special mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, 
I appreciate what you're saying about that in, in terms of the – but I, you brought up something that also is key, not only with Textron Aviation, but really with most aviation companies, um, and that is that they all offer a lot of opportunities in terms of internships and, you know, different types of programs and leadership development programs, et cetera. I know you guys have all of the above. And then there are companies, including Textron Aviation, that – you come in and, and, and uh, with a degree and, and start doing something and you want to advance and Textron picks up the tab for, you know, you're advancing your education uh, and things like that. So um, and then the key thing that just keeps coming to the forefront uh, is that, yeah, you were a psychology major, but look at you now, you know. And, and somebody yep. uh, told me that they were in agriculture, uh, another employee here. So she's an agriculture communications major, which first thing I was like, what is that? But then, it, and now she's doing other things here that she's really excited about. Uh, but she had no idea at the time that it would go that direction because she was interested in things that are, have to do with the environment, et cetera. So whatever your passion and your interest is, you definitely can can go there with it. Or, you know, here as a, as a great example or anywhere uh, within the industry. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask uh, both you, Chip, and Max about, uh, especially since Polina has so kindly shared, uh, you know, her background in terms of things. If you guys could do something differently, and, and this is, again, giving advice to the next generation, if you could do something differently uh, at some point of your career, can you share what that might be? Max, I'll let you go first. That's a great question, Vince. Uh, if I could do something differently, um, you know, you know, I, I've been focused a lot on, you know, in my career on on, on following my dreams, being in aviation, and and um, really growing as a leader in this company. You know, I would say um, I need to continue to pay focus on paying back. Um, a lot of the great opportunities and mentor opportunities that uh, that I've been given that have helped me uh, understand my, how to translate my passion into a career and, and given me mobility in this company and, and in this industry. And, you know, our our our, our, our company, which has all those great development programs and initiatives to get younger folks into it, really the, the back end of that, which really is what makes the machine turn and what's developed those great people, it's the great mentors here. And that's not a formal process as much as it is a culture. And so, you know, I, I would say, I don't know if it's something I would have done differently in the past as much as I would continue to press, you know, hold myself accountable to continue to do better than I have previously and continue to build on, you know, actively giving back to that cycle and that culture of mentorship and really investing in the young folks who are coming in in the door now, whether it be on the shop floor building or servicing airplanes or into leadership or any other discipline at, at, at the Textron Aviation. I just, I'm going to continue to you know, want to aspire to be, to be that mentor, to be that coach that, that have helped me and a lot of other folks succeed here and, and really give back to that, uh, that, that culture we have here of investing in our, in our people and in our human capital. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I have a thought about that, but I want to go to Chip first and put him on the spot. So Chip, would you have rather flown, I mean, if things were different, would you have flown helicopters instead of F-18s? No way. No way. That's <laughs> uh, that's an easy question. No, I, I, I guess I guess it's a hard question for me. I've really enjoyed everything I've done so far. Uh, what Max was describing did resonate with me that that it's our responsibility as leaders, not only to develop those people that are working directly for us, but the, the future folks that are going to be working here. So the high schoolers, the middle schoolers, 
And, and Textron Aviation does a good job of that with some formal internship opportunities for high schoolers. But it's always something that we can continue to develop to show kids that the, what they're studying in school has a real world application and uh, studying hard and getting to know some of those basics, whether it's in STEM or whether it's in some of those vocational trades, really do have an important application. I would say if, if I could go back and do something over again, I'd learn to fly at an earlier age. Uh, flight school for me was super stressful. And if I had if I had mastered that skill as a 16 year old, I think I would have enjoyed it maybe a little bit more. Uh, but but I, I've enjoyed the flying opportunities I've had and I've enjoyed my my professional career here for the last two years as well. Yeah. Max, do you uh, did you say you soloed at 16? I did. Yeah. OK. I, uh, I was definitely eager to get going. And actually, it was funny, you know, and I grew up on the East Coast. Um, and uh, in, in New York State and Connecticut, I'm from New York City originally, uh, you can't get your driver's license permit until you're 16 and a half in, right. in New York. So and I sold it on my 16th birthday, which is the earliest FAA legally allows you to. So it was actually a six-month period where my mom would drive me to the airport, and then I'd go fly an airplane by myself. <laughs> and that was my next question I was going to ask you. When did you get your driver's yeah. license? 20? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I started driving cars about six months after I started flying planes by myself. So uh Obviously, a little bit bizarre on that one, but uh, no, I was fortunate to get into it when I was young, and you know, obviously, that led me here and for you know, and, and really fueled my passion. But one thing, and you know, one of the many things that Textron Aviation does to really, you know, just continue to show that they're they're, they're taking care of their employees and, and really trying to help out. And we've got a fantastic resource here at, at our company, which is the Textron Aviation Employees Flying Club. And that, that's actually based out here on the East Campus at Beach Field, which is our own airport. And it's a, um, it's a part 41 flight school where uh, any employee or family member, of a immediate family member of an employee of our, of our company can learn how to fly at a really affordable rate. We have a whole fleet of brand new airplanes um, that are all our, our own products, obviously, um, ranging from Cessna 172s all the way up to Beechcraft Bonanzas. Um, and they're all immaculate airplanes that the company heavily subsidizes. So you know, our employees have access to top-notch flight training if they want to learn how to fly. Um, and, and these great aircraft, which they can use and rent and, and fly all over all over the United States really if they wanted to. And so, I'm, you know, myself and, and all the other, you know, pilot employees of this company are really well taken care of. So, uh, Helena, you've got no excuse to uh, go get that license. <laughs> I really don't do it. <laughs> Thank you for tossing that to her, because I was going to say to her that I'll make a wager that her son or daughter... <laughs> Yeah, son. son or daughter? Son. Son. That your son yeah. will be soloing by the time he's 16. <laughs> so, so, so you've got a little pressure on you to, to get going with that uh, flying. She said, thanks, Vince. Thanks for putting on True. the spot in front of my True. company, in front of my colleagues, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. We've kind of run out of time, but, you know, this has really been interesting in talking with you guys. There is a common denominator with all of you, and that, that's about doing something that's meaningful as well as, you know, the fact that you're passionate about it and, and having fun with it and enjoying it, but also that it, it brings some meaning to, to what you're doing. You feel like you're doing something with a purpose um, and in and, and all of your areas, and I, I think that, that that speaks a lot for you guys, and it speaks a lot for Textron Aviation. The other thing i I always think of, and I, I can't say this enough, is for uh, the young people that are watching or their parents or 
or even some of the colleagues of mine that are watching the program, you know, and that is to to really um, for these kids to, you know, explore, you know, call up Textron or email somebody at Textron and just just reach out and you'd be surprised what you'll find out that's available and uh, some of the programs, uh, you know, again, just just talking with your CEO and him talking about the different things, the number of interns you guys have this summer and the number of I forget what there was another program that you have. You just got a bunch of young people working here that are being exposed and have the opportunity to, uh, you know, that that might come become a full time job. Or uh, as he said, that if you're going to be a senior in college and you've been interning uh, in a program here, that you actually get an offer to, to come work here right after you graduate and things like that. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, I was talking with, uh, you know, schools like Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, and and uh, we were talking about statistically that they're, they're, they're trying to poach these kids. You know, they really need, and I know you guys do too, everybody needs people in all of these areas, you know, these spe- areas of um, these specialized areas. So, you know, I, I can't say enough about it in terms of pursuing the opportunity, but you guys have been great. Paulina, I hope you don't mind that I was teasing you so much about flying. Glad to hear you Absolutely finished your ground school. And uh, but hey, you're sitting here with three pilots, so you know I don't know how much <laughs> these guys razz you, but I had to a little bit. And and uh, Chip, I'm going to take you up on that offer to uh, go up in that baby there <laughs> and do some things. It's been a pleasure, you guys. So thank you very much for all of you uh, joining All Things Aviation and Aerospace. And we have run out of time, so I'm going to call it. You guys take care, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Vince.